Hello, everyone. <laughs> oh, wait a second. <laughs> Y'all let me lose. Oh, my God. I'm going to get my coffee. You really came out of the green room into the room. Oh, my God. We're going to leave that on the podcast, too, because that was hilarious. Hilarious. We could <laughs> We could re-record this, but we're not going to do that. That was no, hilarious. That was funny. <laughs> like so, so all of you, everybody, welcome to Too Legit to QT with me, Koya, and Dish. Dish. Back on the podcast. She is here. I thought it was just for me. I'm going to take that one. <laughs> it is for you. It is. I know. You. I mean, I'm going to take that, even if it's not true. That's what I told myself. No, it's totally true. It's totally true. <laughs> Today we are so excited because we are with our friend, our girl, artist extraordinaire, actress, mom, baddie, Elena Huffman. Welcome to the show, Elena. Hey. Thank you. My favorite best friend duo. <laughs> <laughs> When we met Elena, Elena was like, oh, you guys call each other besties. That's so cute. <laughs> the cute shit. You're like, no, 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 really besties. Yeah. I mean, y'all do. That, or I don't know. Do people not call each other besties? I, I haven't seen it in, like, I've heard people go like, oh, this is my bestie. I've never seen it the way that y'all, like, sit and you're like, no, 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 bestie. I need you to understand. <laughs> like, oh, my God, this is so cute. Yeah, um, we do that. We do do yeah. that. And then, like, you'll go back and forth. So Koya will be like, "No, no, no, bestie," and then Tish will be like, "Bestie, listen." <laughs> <laughs> I know. Can you just imagine our five-year-old selves that we had met, like, when we were five versus when oh we were in class? Like, no, 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 no. You have to do it this way, and you're my friend. <laughs> yeah, it's so cute. I was like, "Oh, I love them." You guys are never like you. I'm here forever. Just so you know. You got me for life. Yeah. Oh, that's so sweet. Pretty much. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. And now we got you for life because you're like our you're like part of our best crew, yeah. I feel. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've just indoctrined myself. So here we are. Yeah. yeah. Here we are. And now Hannah is like my baby too. So that's yeah. like my whole little like niece slash sister. I'm like, okay, Hannah, like we're together. Yeah. And yeah. she's so cute. She's so cute and just so, you know, she's just so mature. Right? I know. She's so rad. Yeah. And just for anybody who doesn't know, that's my daughter. But um, it's actually so cool because she, it, both all of my kids, I have such a great relationship with. But the cool thing about her is like she has friendships with my friends. And it's so cute. Like there's there's sort of this like auntie energy, you know, that she had like, we just ran into Aaron in Vegas. Y'all know my friend Aaron. Yes. And like, and Hannah's like, EJ's here? Like, I need to go see her. Like, like, you know, she has friendships with my friends and it's just the cutest thing ever. I love it. I love that. I love that. Well, speaking of your kids, so I just think like one of the most, even though you're this amazing actress, I think that one of the most interesting thing about you is that you have four kids. You look amazing. You don't look like you have anybody's kids or you even have like four. Um, but also, you've been able to have this really great career while being a mom. Like, can you tell us about how you have been able to navigate this crazy industry 
and like still be able to have a family because so many women are like, oh, I'm going to put my like my personal life on hold to be able to like follow my dreams. But you've been able to do it simultaneously. Yeah, I feel Thank you. I feel like um, it was definitely a conscious decision. And I feel my thought was always um, my my thought was always like Hollywood's not going anywhere. So, you know, Meryl Streep has four kids. She's like my idol. Um, you know, all the old movie stars had a bunch of kids. We, you just didn't see them. They didn't parade them around like Angelina Jolie or, you know, now this new, new era of like how much access we have to people's public li or private lives publicly. But, but, you know, everybody used to have kids. And so it's just kind of a, for me, it was like just a matter of fact thing. Like I remember, I think I was, I mean, I worked until I was like six or seven months pregnant with Elijah. He's my oldest. And then I was back on set when he was six weeks old. And um, it, you just make it work. Like all of my kids have, I've had like a, a, a playpen and a stroller on set. I've nursed all of my kids. I've been pregnant on shows and they've written it in. Um, I just feel with really Charlie, lucky. Right? Charlie, yeah, Charlie was, so people ask me all the time, they're like, oh, that storyline where you were pregnant on Stargate, like, wow, and I really was pregnant. It's not maybe the best way to start a new job. Like, like I got pregnant when we were shooting the pilot, and I was like, so guys, I wasn't feeling great this weekend, and I, I called the producers into my trailer, and I was nervous, because I was like, I just felt unprofessional. Not that I didn't feel like it was my right, because a lot of people make you feel like so many people called and like, are you going to get fired? I'm like, no, that's like a civil rights violation. <laughs> they can't <laughs> fire you for having a child. You, mm -hmm. And actually, it really is like uh, I think it was Cheryl Teagues who fought Aaron Spelling because she got pregnant while shooting. I think it was Charlie's Angels and she sued uh, Spelling Television and it and she won and it became like a civil rights case because you, you can't. It's against the law. Mm -hmm. um but more than that like i almost sometimes people not not that anyone intentionally did this but people almost shame you for it they're like oh my god you got pregnant and you're an actor like i'm like i'm a full-grown woman i'm married i have two children already like i'm not like not that there's anything even wrong with this but i'm not some like 16 year old on a disney show that got knocked up by dude that you know <laughs> <laughs> you see me running around town with like I'm a full grown person. I have a life. And so there was a lot, there's a lot of like pride I have in the fact that I'm capable and able to do it all. Um, and it actually has made negotiating deals really easy for me because if it doesn't work for me, it doesn't work for me. And I've been able to walk away from jobs where I've been like, well, I need this because I'm a working mom and you know, if they can't provide that for me. And, and it usually comes down to like how much money I need, the turnarounds that I need. And it's just the minutia of, of, of negotiating a deal where I would probably, if I didn't have the responsibility of being a mom, I would bend in a lot of capacities. And it's just not, I'm not, I can't, you know. Um, the last show I was on, for example, I negotiated a hard 10 hour uh, day, meaning I have a 14 hour turnaround. I need that. I have four kids and I'm a single mom. And so the first couple of days they didn't give it to me, I was like, I have to speak to producers because I don't want this to build resentment. I'm cool to do a favor, 
I'm okay to stay late one day or a day here or a day there, but don't keep scheduling me like this when I'm going to be resentful that I left at five in the morning, my kids were already asleep and I get home and my kids are asleep. I'm not, I'm not okay with it. That's why I negotiated the deal the way that I negotiated it. Um, so it's, it's made me like a much more shrewd, responsible business person. And I'm not sure I would have that backbone if it weren't for the responsibilities that I have as a mother. Well, also, can I, one thing that I've, I've seen a lot of the time too, Elena, is that like when people have kids, there's a shift in mentality that, oh, you are no longer like the single sexy person. You are the, you are the mom, the mom. and you're your roles have to be adjusted. But I, one thing that's really beautiful about your career is that it, it hasn't been like that. Like you've been able to navigate and still be this really cool, you know, actress doing all these crazy action drama, like things that I've seen with other actresses, actresses that haven't done the same thing. How are you able to, how are you able to maintain that in this industry when people will tell you like, this is where you need to shift now because you're a mom. My response to that is always like, how do you think I became a mom? Like whenever, whenever that sort of conversation comes up, like, oh, you're a mom, you can't be sexy. I'm like, well, I became a mom because clearly someone thought I was sexy enough to get with. So like, <laughs> So, you know, I'm like, uh, you, you know, I mean, but also, um, but, you know, we can, we can talk about the same thing with just, just any societal norms, right? Like now I'm in my forties and all of a sudden you're not supposed to be attractive anymore. I, I feel the best I've ever felt at 41. Like, I'm like, oh damn, like you couldn't pay me to be 20 something anymore. Stretch marks and, you know, tummy and everything all, all included. Like, I'm like, I feel so great about who I am. Um, I also think just owning your own life, like people ask me all the time, how, when you moved to, when you moved to LA or you moved to New York and, you, and your, your goal is to be an actor, be a performer, be in the arts somehow, what's your advice? And I always say the same thing, get life, get life. <laughs> Like, don't sit around and wait for your little acting phone to ring. It will drive you insane. And it's not, you know, if we talk about vibration, like I'm doing the artist way right now. We can talk about that later. But, um, but you know, we talk about vibration and attraction and the law of attraction. And if you're sitting around in this desperate situation, you probably are a very talented individual. But if you've got this low vibration because you don't feel like you're chosen enough, it, mm -hmm. it's not, you're not, you're not attracting the work, right? So I don't, whatever it is, if you need to join a church or play beach volleyball on the weekends or go ride bikes or get married, have kids, whatever, whatever it is that is fulfilling to you, do that. And then I think to me, it's a, it's a win-win because your, your life becomes so whole and full and complete that you have no choice but to attract into it. Mm -hmm. And beyond that, your, your life is a beautiful distraction. You know, like I, it's champagne problems if I've got two jobs conflicting or if I've got, you know, my kids basketball tournament and a thing on this weekend, I make a choice. That's a beautiful choice to make. So, oh, yeah. 
that's a good perspective because not everybody thinks like that. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like they told us that in grad school. They were like, you need to live your life because then you'll have so much to bring to your roles. But like as a young, like 20 year old, you're like, but all I want to do is this. And then as you get as you get older, because for me, I'm in my 30s. And so it was cool when I graduated from grad school at 20, what, 24? I think I was like 23. But like, now I'm 32 and I'm like, yeah, I want to get married. I want to have a family. And I can't just say, I think we talked about like Atlanta, moving to Atlanta, uh, Atlanta versus like New York and LA and like having a full rich life. And back then when they told us that, Tish, we were just like, uh, I don't want to do that. All I want to do is this, but you really need that because it's just so inconsistent. I mean, and even the whole process of casting is just like, you don't know why this person is getting this role. It could have nothing to do with talent or looks or whatever. Oh my yeah. God. It's so, you know, there's this conversation going on right now too. I've seen a lot of it lately where like the whole process of casting has changed so much because now we're doing everything virtually. Yeah. And so you, you really don't know. And, and, um, you know, you can you can put in the work, and I'm always grateful when I get a, a, an audition. But I mean, it can it could if you are not mentally prepared for the rejection aspect of this business. Um, I would say nine times out of ten, duck off, you know, water off a duck's back. I'm like, whatever. I did my best work. If if I'm right for the role, it'll be mine. One or two times a year, I'm like. I really wanted that job. Like that was my job. You feel really connected to it. But so often it's a it's a numbers game and we don't get any feedback, let alone why you, you know, you, you don't get the job. You don't even know why you didn't get the job. So the best thing to do for me is either create your own stuff, which we can ta start talking about because I just directed my first project that y'all were involved in. Yes. And that that I wasn't actually really prepared for. Until now, I remember, you know, being 20 something and people asking me all the time when I was on shows, I'd, I'd do interviews and the press would always be like, do you have any interest in producing or directing or writing? And I was like, no, but I recognize now my life was really full. I was working on a marriage and I was managing four children and, and a, a busy career and trying to build, you know, in all of those areas. And now that my kids are a little bit older and, you know, they don't need so much so, so much hand holding um and I'm, I'm not married so i have a lot of extra time <laughs> i'm like oh i and i have more to say like i'm like oh i just i i know a lot like there's a point where i remember i i shadowed the first time i shadowed a director in 2016 i i remember feeling a wow this is a really big job and i'm not ready for it yet and B, I know a lot more than I give myself credit for. So as I was watching him and shadowing him and going through the meetings, I was like, okay, that makes sense to me. Of course, that's how we do things. And I'm like, of course I know these. I've spent 20 something years on set working in television. And then, but then I also recognized I don't have that capacity. At the time I was going through a divorce and my youngest was three. Well, now here we are, you know, six years later or several years later and, um, my kids are a little bit older and you know, I, I have a lot more confidence in myself and my ability. So it's definitely like an avenue that I'm, I'm interested in pursuing if for nothing more than again, that vibrational 
you know, the energetic rate is something I have control over. It's something I can pursue. I'm not waiting for somebody to give me a job. I'm going out there and being like, I, I want to create this. I want to hustle. I want to work. Um, and, and I'm coming to the table with a lot, you know, I'm not going pick me, pick me. I'm like, yo, we got a lot to offer. Let's, let's collaborate. Yeah. I, I just want to piggyback on one point that you made about like actors not really knowing, cause you know, I've been in thousands of auditions and it's always just, I always feel like, and I just want to put this out there for our people out there who are like, we never really truly know. It's just so many components. You can be like the best actor in the room, but then be too tall. You know, you can be the best, you know, like I'm just, I just want to put this out there. You could be too tall. You could be too short. You matched up with another person who has like maybe a bigger role. It's just like, oh no, they just won't look good together. There's just so many components. So I just want actors to know out there that if you do your best job and you feel like you did your best job, be okay with that. Be okay yeah. to know that you did your best job and that a lot of the times it's just not you. It's like multiple things happening. It's like, uh, like this is this or this is that, or, you know, we can't afford this, you know, <laughs> like, and, well, and, and to, yeah, go ahead. I was going like, to piggyback on that. I think when you are in the process of being a creator, if you're producing or directing or writing, you'll also get that perspective because you, you'll recognize how many pieces of the puzzle have to be put together that really, at the end of the day, it could simply be like scheduling. Like for example, yeah. on Oranges, we had another actor, right? That I had yeah. already decided was gonna do it. And she wasn't available. No hard feelings, she was wonderful, but it just was not gonna work and I wanted to proceed. And we were able to move forward and and I'm so grateful because I'm grateful for, you know, that we got Koya. But, but this is the thing is like, it, it's so, so often beyond any of our control. And it's really, it's really like synergistic. And you're like, oh, it's, it's amazing. I remember when I first moved to LA and this was when agents would submit headshots. So this was way back. And you'd go into a casting office and there'd be like a bin, like, you know, the big Tupperware bins. And it would be stacked high, full of headshots and resumes. And I remember thinking then, God, I'm so blessed to be in this room because they had to go through that whole stack. I don't know how many people they called. I'm sure they didn't call all of them. They probably called 10 out of the 100. So I'm yeah. one of the 10. Like that says something to me. So even just to get the audition is a win. Even just to get to the next level is a win. And, and sometimes we can be really short-sighted because we want the success and, and we want to have that validation, but the validation really can be in, I showed up in my best capacity today. And now I'm gonna go on like, my favorite thing about like, I literally fit auditions into my life. So the last few years I've been living up in Washington and I have a very close proximity to Vancouver and there's a lot of work in Vancouver. So literally, if I have an audition at 11 a.m., I book a 12 o'clock Pilates class with a girlfriend and then make sure we go out for lunch afterwards. Like that becomes a whole day for me. And I just feel really lucky that that's the way I get to live my life. I don't get 90% of those jobs, but the jobs that I get sustain me, fulfill me, propel me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and also like, just to piggyback on that, anytime I'm in an aud audition room, I just want the person to be right. Like I just, like like literally when I'm in there with the director, we're like, oh, this person doesn't fit. So each time that each 
each person gets in there. We're just like, we really, we, we really, we've seen you're real. We're bringing you in the room. We want you to be the right person, but sometimes it just doesn't match, you know? So I just want to put that out there to all the actors out there. Cause you know, the art, the artist way says being an artist is a depressing life. It just, <laughs> <laughs> oh my it does. It does. It's like, we're, we're signing up for it to be, the, I mean, and we, we yeah. are, it can be, cause you're selling yourself. Right. You know, telling yourself you cannot change who you are. Well, you can these days, but but do you really want to? You right. do you really want to? You know. So well, and I know a lot of a lot of like older actors are really um, upset too about like this new realm of social media because all of a sudden it's like, what's your Instagram following like? And that should really bear no weight on your validity as a, a, a an artist. But at the end of the day, it's a business. And if, you know, they're using things to promote, then, you know, it's what are you doing with this access that you have? And, it, you know, it can be beneficial. It cannot. I mean, I I think you can, you can look at it multiple ways. You can say, oh, it's an opportunity to really grow and, and create. And, and then there's, I, I at least once a year in the middle of the night, like freak out and delete all my posts because I'm like, why do people have access to me? It, it really is overwhelming sometimes. And then sometimes I'm like, oh, it's what people want. Okay, it's, it's playing the game. It's, it's being open. And, and then I'm okay with it again. But some, every once in a while, I'm like, God, this is so invasive. And yet um, it's almost necessary. And yet it's completely counter what we do. If I'm supposed to be this anonymous blank canvas, to show up and sell you a character. Why do you know everything about me? It's deceiving, right? Like, like. But do you think also like going back to what you said about when you are put in these different roles in the industry, you start to understand why people do what they do because I don't like social media either. And literally like I was trying to cast a role and people were giving me people's like they were giving me their emails and they were like, oh, he's this person, he's that person. And I was like, okay, but what are they like? Because at that moment I only had like, I needed, I needed a guy, I needed like a black guy to do this scene. And I was like, okay, well give me their social media because I, I couldn't meet them. I didn't have time to meet them. So I was like looking at their social media to see if I could see some type of personality. And then I was like, oh yeah, he can do it. And I, and it just, the light bulb went off for me. I was like, oh, this is why, people do that. Like, I literally didn't understand it before, but I was like, okay, I need to invest some more time into this. But that's only because I was in production, not in the creative acting world and just like in my own, you know, world. So I really do think like different, going into those different departments, like even when I was a production coordinator that one time, which yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hated it. But even now, like, you know, producing my own content, I'm like, oh, yo, this is why people have no time for actors. Because they're like, let me tell you something. Just to get this spiel on this shirt, I had to buy three shirts to be able to do this with the lids and the this and the that. And I was just like, oh, my God. And it God. was four phone calls and three emails and 18 <laughs> I know. And it's like, but here's all encompassing it becomes like this huge huge things and and the, the truth is you just want somebody just to show up and just to be sometimes like me and i was in i was there i was an actress and 
and I was just like, no, I should be this and I should be that. And it's really like very self-involved sometimes when you're like on the other end. But I just want you to show up, be professional, be polite and do a great job. And if you can do that for multiple people, then you're going to work. Yeah. Well, I also think like I, what I wish I knew. And so I would love to give this advice to anybody who's getting into this business, especially younger people. I didn't know at 20 something years old that I could go hang out in the village and get to know producers and directors and writers. And really those are your peers. And, and the villages for people who don't know, it's video village. It's where the cameras are, or it's sorry, where the monitors are and the producers and the directors and the DP and everybody sits behind there. That's a wonderful opportunity for you to go and be involved in the process. Even, even if you have no intention at the time of participating in any capacity in production, it's, I mean, it is boot camp. It's learning. It's film school. It's a crash course. And I didn't really have that understanding because at 19, 20 years old, you know, most of those people are in their late 30s, early 40s, and 50s and 60s. I didn't relate and I didn't know that I could have a conversation and, and have friendships with them. And now that I'm older, that's the first place I go. I'm like, I don't need to know these people. And 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 A, because I think the age thing makes more sense to me now. We've we've lived life and we've got a lot of things in common. But B, you know, I have I have a lot to offer. I have life experience. I can collaborate at this point in my life and in my career. I have that confidence that I have something to participate or I have, I have, you know, I can participate and I have something to offer. And um, so I would just encourage any young people when you get on a set, not to be obnoxious, but to really, you know, pay attention to what these people are doing and to learn and, and to gain confidence in knowing like you can actually participate in some way. And they want to help you because nobody wants to like every time we even on this show, we talk to like producers and directors and writers like they're not the ones that are getting all the accolades because it's usually the actors. So they usually are. They want to talk to you like all the time. Oh, yeah, this and this and this things you don't even know. I'm using this millimeter lens. What? OK. <laughs> like, how does that translate? Yeah. yeah. And I, I, I also think that, you know, you find out because as someone who is in in, the, in that position all the time, you find the most interesting things out about people. I remember this one actor, he was like, he owned a whole stunt company. And I was like, wait, what? You own a stunt company? He's like, yeah. And I actually wound up using him on the next project, his whole company. And I was just like, oh, he's great. And um, he has like cars and stuff. And I'm like, wow, like I would have never thought that in my mind that you would have a whole stunt company on the next project that I felt like would be useful. It just came off, off the top of my head. I was like, oh, yeah, so-and-so has that, right? right? So, like, sometimes it's just, like, also about people getting to know you and all the facets for you. Like, you might have, like, a nonprofit. We talked about being, a, we talk about all the time being multifaceted. We're going to get into directing as well with you, Elena. But being this multifaceted artist, uh, and that doesn't, I know that, like you mentioned, Elena, when you have a full life, sometimes you don't, you can't make room for all these other things. And maybe you're just a really great artist who's willing to lend a hand, you know, who's willing to be like, oh, I have actor friends if you need like extras or whatever, because people pay attention to those things. I know I do because I have a very, very difficult job. So, yeah. you know, sometimes it's just good to just be present and aware and just, you know, 
let people know who you are as an individual outside of you being an actor and don't talk about yourself all the time. You know, because, because, you know, just leave room for free to have a conversation with people. I just want to be real about that because, you know, don't be so don't be self-serving, like like have a a regular conversation with people or, you know, you might know like a mutual friend or you might have like things in common about movies or whatever. Like just like talk to people like they're people sometimes, you know, because. Yeah. It what's the saying if you want to be interesting, be interested. And yeah, I, can we can we put that? That's gonna be that's going up. That's a that's a quote. We're gonna up our social media very yeah. soon. Okay? So we're gonna we're gonna probably like do pull quotes from people. So that'll be that'll be your pull quote. But I did want to ask you too, um, Elena, because I call you my hummingbird because there's this like the way that you move, there's this like melody to it. I don't know. It's just very like I take it. I like it. Yes. Um, and it really captivating to watch. And this is not even just you acting, just your daily life. You're just um, but let's talk about that, guys, because that's really you have actors, actresses and actors who they're hungry. They, they're trying to get work. They're trying to live their lives, but they're also trying to network. And Elena, you've been able to um, have these really amazing relationships in the industry. How are you able to like network and be interested and, you know, without coming off as like opportunistic? Um, I just I just think it comes down to being genuine and creating real relationships and friendships and and um, y- you know I mean most of my friends that are in this business um, they're friends I mean a lot of people I have never worked with we just end up you know in the same social circles and we're really cool now maybe down the line but um, I don't know. You just, it, it kind of, you put yourself in the right position, but it's in a genuine way. Cause you're like, Oh, I happen to be here. And so-and-so invited me, you know, to this dinner. And then you're at this dinner and you're like, Oh, I love the feeling of feeling like I belong somewhere. Like I always, it's a nice place to be where you're like, Oh, I I've earned my place at this table. And again, you know, I feed myself, I take care of myself. I'm not looking for a handout, but I do have a lot to offer. And I think it just comes down to sort of owning that confidence. I get I get that question a lot. People are like, how are you so confident? Like, what is that? And I used to always joke, I'm like, I'm just tall and I have a deep voice. But because <laughs> <laughs> I have all the insecurities that everybody else has. And I, I definitely ask myself, like, why didn't I get this job? Why didn't this relationship work out? Why am I in this position? But at, at the end of the day, it comes back to doing your own work. It comes back to finding contentment. I think for me personally, the best thing I ever did was move out of Los Angeles. And you could not have, you could not have convinced me of that. I was like, well, I'm going to give up my whole life. Like, but several years ago, I moved. I live in the forest on the ocean. Like, I went and like, I went full on prophetic. Like I was like, I'm going to meditate in the forest and like God send me messages. And I was, I was sad as fuck. Can I swear? I was, I was, I was really, really sad. I spent a whole year sitting here in this forest mourning. I was mourning. My, my marriage was over. Um, 
you know, we, we weren't in contact. I didn't know what I was going to do with my life. I was, I felt resentful. I was left taking care of my kids. I'm, I, it was a lot. And then it was honestly the best decision I ever made because I got on with my life. Um, I took that season. I like to call these seasons. I took that time to really heal and I found so much peace and contentment in myself. So literally, like, I, I just made pickles. I pick, pick blueberries. And then I get on a plane and I go where I need to go, you know. But um, And I won't stay here forever. But it was the best choice. That was the best decision I've ever made because it was a decision I made for the betterment of myself and my family. And I was trying too hard living in L.A., trying to get in the right rooms, trying. I remember this was kind of the breaking point. My son, my youngest son, I wasn't around. I was at an audition and uh, it's kind of a long personal story. Let me tell it without like being too revealing. Um, it was a really dark period for their father and he just wasn't very present. And I wasn't really aware of that. Anyways, my son drowned, he fell in the pool and I was at an audition and I get a call and I was like at a network studio test and I get a call and I had to leave. And I was like, how did this happen? And it was just, it just, you know, when things are like, it shits all over the place and you're like, how am I such a mess? Like, how did this happen? I'm, I'm a put together person, I'm responsible. And all of a sudden everything was unraveling around me and I couldn't figure it out. And I was like, I just needed to dip. And that's what we did. I sold my house. I sold everything. I had an estate sale. I sold my house. I sold I sold everything, my dishes, my pots and pans. I took my car to CarMax. I sold my car. I took an Uber from there to New Zealand, to to the airport, flew to New Zealand, and then flew back here. And then I flew flew back to Washington. And then I flew back the next week and I closed on my house. Mm. It was the best decision I ever made. Um Anyways, <laughs> the point is. No, it's real. Like, no, that, is that's, but that's beautiful. Yeah. And thank you for just being like, first off, thank you for your vulnerability. We're not just going to, we're not just going to sweep over that. Thank you for your vulnerability because we all find ourselves um, in moments like that. Maybe your, that obstacle was your obstacle, but we all have those, those moments where we're like, questioning like how did i get here and i still want what i want but it can't happen in this way and there was no know, capacity for it like and, and the and industry you, will tell you that you have to do it in this way shape or form and and and, and you don't clearly because you still have a career and and to be honest with you there was a point where i was totally like i don't have to do this i'm, I'm still there to be honest with you like I'm still kind of to the point where I'm like, I could really do anything I want. Like the business doesn't own me if I want to continue to work. I mean, on one on one side, I'm like, I'm going to be like Judy Dench or Michael Caine. I'm just always going to work. And here's yes, the thing. Yeah, but, I mean, and, and that's the thing is it's not going anywhere. It's been there. Hollywood's not going anywhere. James yeah. Gandolfini wasn't successful until he was in his 50s. Samuel L. Jackson was found dead in his fucking living room at 40 something years old and then had a whole mm -hmm. career. Like, it's not going anywhere. There's space for everybody. You don't have to have like the cinched waist and the big boobs and the fake lips and the, all the shit to get anywhere. You know, it, it can be a young person's game. 
but there's mom and dad roles, there's grandpa roles, there's, you know, there's all, all, all capacity. It, I guess it depends on, I've never wanted to be number one on the call sheet. I don't want to work that much, just to be real. It's a lot of work and, and a lot of actors struggle with that. Like coming off of a career where you're number one for so long in your twenties and your thirties, and then you hit 40 or something or 50. And all of a sudden you're like, the desk sergeant or you're the lawyer or you're you know you're not the number one that can be a big ego challenger and to me i'm like oh that means i get to go home like more often than not and i still get a paycheck and i have a nice life and i still get to do what i love to me that's beautiful but um i wanted to address this because I, I feel like in film school i didn't i didn't do any like acting schools or anything like that but i feel like there's always these talk of these greats, right? We talk about like, I, I did a directing course and it's like the Soderberghs of the world and the Michael Bays and, and that's wonderful. You can look at them and you can compare and the Stanley Kubricks and all stuff that they do. But there is a very working class aspect of this business. You don't have to be on the cover of People Magazine to have a successful career. I consider my, I've had a 20 something long running career. I've always worked, I always make my money. I've never had a job other than acting. And I'm not on the cover of People magazine, and I'm not a multimillionaire, but I'm a working class actor. There is that. There, I wish that was more talked about. There's a working class director. Yeah. There's directors who direct three or four episodes of television a year, and they have a really nice life. I'm, I'm so glad you're saying this because I've talked to actors, and I said, you don't want to be, and I and I mean this, like success, great. You know, you can be a celebrity, but you want to be a working actor because at the end of the day, your work will speak for itself, you know? And a lot of people who are who just wanna be working actors and they become celebrities, they hate it. I mean, yeah. a lot- You couldn't well, pay me have, for that, I'm not interested. They just, yeah. wanna, they just wanna do what they do, show up. Now there is a visibility, cause it's the entertainment industry, there is a part of that that is the business, but you wanna do that and then you wanna go home and spend time with your family and enjoy your life and enjoy the money that you have. And there's like like people who love the, who absolutely love the celebrity, but I will tell you, probably about 85% of this industry just wants to do what they love and just work and just go from there. I'm definitely one of those people and you know but you want to know what it is to elena when you're young and people say oh you should be an actress or you should do this they always come from the place of celebrity always celebrity yeah. and this. so you i think also as young people you go into the mindset that if i want to be successful i have to be celebrity right instead of like i have to be a working artist and that comes a lot of the times from people who don't understand anything in the industry. They don't understand how it works. They don't understand who's in the room. They're like, no, in order to make it, you need to be the celebrity. So you come, they come in with the mindset that that's the only way that they can make it. But you have to, we have to reset our mindsets about how we're going to be successful in this industry. Because I've seen people, like you said, who are, they do TV all the time. You don't even know who they are, but they yeah. do TV all the time and they're making millions of dollars and they just show up, they do their work, but you love their content, you would never know. Would they never might know. not even be making millions. That's the thing, you can you can have a successful career as a working actor, make a hundred, two hundred thousand dollars a year. You can have a really nice life. We have a pension, nobody talks about that. I wish at 20 years old as an actor, I knew that after 10 years, my pension was vested. I wish this was a bigger conversation because it is, it's like, there's no respect. And again, the artist way, she talks about it a lot, that like, it's, it's this sort of foreseen thing that if you're, if you're not 
rolling in it, you're starving. And that's just not the case. Now I will, yeah, I also will say that like, there's a real contentment in knowing like, okay, I'm gonna get another job because that's just the reality of it. Like it's the business, there's tons of work. You know, like the the entertainment, and Netflix just put, I think they're spending $7 billion on production this year. Like mm -hmm. the arts are not for fucking chumps, yo. Like there is money in this business. There's yeah. this for all of us. And if we all get, and Netflix actually, Netflix has renegotiated a lot of their deals. They're not maybe paying what networks are paying, but you're still working. You're working 13 episodes. Okay, you're not making 120, maybe you're making 50 or 60 an episode. That's really good money. Yeah. And so, you know, we, again, it's just not talked about enough. And I'll, I remember, and I had this conversation when I was 15 years old, I was, I was working as a model and I was living overseas and my roommate at the time was 20. And I said to her, I had, I had this very attitude that was like, well, if I'm not like doing Ralph Lauren shows, I'm a failure. And I, I said to her, I said, well, if I haven't made it by 17, I'm quitting. So this time I'm 15. And she goes, what do you mean made it? And I was like, well, you know, like if I'm not like doing big campaigns and like walking in the biggest shows. And she goes, you're overseas on a contract, making money, working every day as a model. You don't consider that making it? And I was like, and that mentality will fuck you up because you can be working and never feel like you're enough. You might be on a show and the show's not big enough. It's not an HBO show. You might be doing press, but it's not on the cover you're in the insert like there there is definitely a, a lack mentality with a lot of artists because we feel that if we're not successful so i would like to challenge everybody to sort of recalibrate and and really do a gratitude check and be like oh i mean half the time i'm like if i go into an audition room and there's people that i know because they're like working actors i'm like yes i'm in the right room like i have no idea if i have a shot at that show but i'm in the room with them I deserve to be there. Like that feels really good. I'm in the right place, right. you know? So can, we also, can, we, can we can we also say that oh. for those who are creating their own content? Cause I want to put this out there as well. There are a lot of people who are out there creating their own content and because they haven't made it, they think that they're just not where they need to be at in this industry. But there's a huge shift in content creators. Everybody, there's so much content needed. And just because you haven't found the right deal, or you're not in the right room with the right people, or you're not like, you're not where you wanna be, that doesn't mean that you're not successful in your own right. Like these days, you just have to show that you're capable. You really have to just like, cause everybody, there's so many, like because of the streaming platforms and because there's still networks and there's, and because there's still movie companies, it's just so vast. And then you have Broadway, my God, like it's just so vast. Which is coming back and, and yeah. our like, friend to the show, Davon helped with the equity bill. So now even getting, they changed the rules to getting your equity card. It's, 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 cool. it's just a game that's changing so much for, for everyone. And I just feel like I, I want people to also, like when you have milestones, be okay with the milestone that you're at. Like if you need to like build or if you need to like put yourself out there or you need to get your real, like be okay with being successful and where you're at right now, because there one thing that I've, I've learned and I've seen over the years is you have the most talented people come in the room who quit. And then you have the people who just show up. And I always tell besties sometimes, I say, you just need to 
show yes. up. Because sometimes when you show up, it's just like, it's just the right moment and the right time. And because like I have cast people and I'm gonna be real, I'm gonna be real with y'all, y'all out there. I have cast people because I have seen them multiple times. And I was like, listen, I just know they're gonna show up. I need somebody to show up right now. I'm gonna reach out to them because they showed up like four or five, six times. And for me, as, as a content creator, producer like i just want to make sure that somebody shows up because sometimes people don't show up they fickle they they got egos whatever mm-hmm. like being a being a, a person who shows up on time and does what you need to do means more than me than a lot of the times the person who who thinks they're the most talented person in the room so i'm just putting that out there can i i just i, I want to talk about because that's what happened with the short with Elena short, which we're going to get into. But I would just like to say also this idea of being successful and equating it to how much money you're making. Yeah. My, my, I have a good friend. I have two good friends. One is my neighbor, my other good friend, Amy, they both work in fashion. One works for this super high end designer and one works for a swimwear company that um, basically like sells to like Walmart and JC Penney's. And they said, even in their industry, um, my neighbor said, oh, she knows where the money's at. And I, I was like, wait, what? And she said, yeah, you don't, she was like different careers in fashion, unless you're the, the actual designer, you're not making a lot of money if you're working for these high end designers. The people that make the money are the people that are like working for the companies that sell to Walmart and JCPenney's and Macy's and you and you and also their upkeep they don't have to keep up with the whole like uh, culture so they don't have to wear like Louis Vuitton like I think my friend Amy goes to work in like I don't know she'll H&M t-shirts and jeans and I think that that's also a common misconception in the industry you talked about being number one on the call sheet Elena when you're higher up, you also have to spend a lot of money yeah. on visibility and people don't talk about that. And even if you're making 300000 or a million, by the time you pay your agent, your manager and taxes, and it's not like other in other industries, like if you were working in finance, you would get reimbursed. You don't get reimbursed for, for that. You have Not to only that, you don't know if you have a job next week. You might exactly. just be guaranteed six episodes and then you might get the back nine and mm-hmm. then you might get another season. And so then you, that yeah. money goes down and really that person is making the same $100,000 that the other one is working their regular job, you know, living their life. So I also think when we're also talking about success, because for me, my best friend is a wine producer right there over there and um and it's really <laughs> just changed. Oh my God. but no but like seriously like just i've read a lot of books about wealth building and there i've in the past couple years i've really started to like pay attention to that and pay attention to like well what are they really getting paid and what's the demand on them and literally elena i'm with you it's changed my idea of what success is for me i'm like i want to make my money so i can invest it in other things but oh. that going to create generational wealth and i also if you understand money which we talk about all the time me and the bestie cash mm-hmm. robert kiyosaki's class cash flow cash flow project, project. Mm-hmm. you can be a high paid e and then as soon as that job is gone like you talked about elena you're still on that side you want to be on that he side. has an employee guys let's put yeah, that in. so employee 
and a small business owner, that's this side of the quadrant. The other side of the quadrant is big business and investor. And that's really where you're able to keep your money. You can have an actor, like you said, Elena, that is an employee that doesn't work as much, doesn't have as much, maybe as much upkeep and takes their money and puts it on the other side of the quadrant and investing. We talked to Justin Reese and he said, Anthony Mackie, um, the reason why most of his wealth is from his real estate that he in owns New Orleans. New Orleans. New Orleans. Mm -hmm. Well, that's the other thing is a lot of people don't stick around. I mean, you're getting taxed crazy yeah. in places like New York and Los Angeles. But, uh, you know, that's like the rich dad, poor dad mentality as well. Um, I love that. I don't feel like there's enough people who talk about money. I would like, particularly with women in my circles of girlfriends, I've been very... Uh, deliberate in talking about financing, investing, who you're paying attention to, where you put in your money, because we tend to, first of all, I think a lot of times with women, we almost have to apologize for being successful, it feels like. Like a uh -huh. lot of times, you know, I, I know, for example, I do a lot of, um, I do a lot of campaigns in philanthropy. I've got actually a little mug right now. It's super cute. Yeah. And I'm gonna go get it, but a portion of it, a portion of it does go to charity. But there is sometimes I feel because we'll have these group calls and we're like, let's do this project and we'll, you know, we'll donate all the money so people don't think we're greedy. And I'm like, Beyonce doesn't apologize for making money. Oprah doesn't apologize. Why the fuck should I apologize for being successful? I have built a career to a point where that subsidizes some of my income. And I don't, I, I think if anything you know, we have to remove our ego and our pride and be like, this is an avenue in which I can also be successful. And that's why you're seeing people do like influencer stuff and, and there's nothing wrong with it. I just wanna stop apologizing um, for, for, for being successful um, and pretending that I don't need because I have bills, I have expenses. But um, yeah, investing is a huge one. Keeping up with appearances, like, so I always do this, and this is really funny. When I do appearances, for example, like overseas, I, I always get my buyout of my first class flight and I, I get cash. And then I take the cash and I bring one of my kids. So if I have a show in London, for example, I'll take one of my kids. So instead of one first class ticket, which is what my contract guarantees me, I traded in for cash. I booked two coach tickets because my kids have small butts and I get to share their seat. And then we tack on an extra city. So we'll go to Paris or we'll go to Amsterdam or usually we'll go to a couple extra cities and I can do all of that with the money that I got from my one first class ticket. So I feel really like I could, I could spend that money, but why? So for me, like it is about sort of managing and, and giving the best experience that I can to my kids and to myself uh, through my work experiences. But yeah, and I, I also think that, you know, I, I, it is, it is, and I'm not going to say a young mentality, because even when people get money a little earlier, a little later in their life, they think that they missed out on a bunch of things. But one thing that I like, people just don't think about the taxes. I see the I see the numbers all the time, guys. People don't make the money that you think that they're making in this industry. They don't. I look at the numbers, and I will tell you as many times as I've seen a twenty million dollar film, a ten million dollar film. I haven't gotten past twenty, y'all. So I'm just gonna put that out there. Yeah. But, yeah. But 
when I see these 20 and these 10s and these fives and whatever, I think to myself, this is all you make like in my mind. Like when I see like, this is all they're making. Like when I start, this is all they're making. Like all this, this, this is all you make. Like I thought yeah. you were making more than this. Like it, and it blows. And, and that's why my mentality for this industry shifted because it blew my mind as I was growing up. I always was like, oh, they're making all this and they're doing that. But when you see the real numbers and you realize that this is what they make, this is what they negotiate for these, you're just like, oh, so we're all just working to make something really nice. We're all just working, like you said, working class people making something nice. And so even my mentality and how I treat my crew <laughs> is just so different. I'm like, listen, and I'll tell them, I was like, we're all on the same page. Like yep. you gotta We're get paid. Just trying to work, yeah. I gotta get paid every single week, and at the end of the day, we're just trying to make something nice. So it always, when I, as a line producer, it always comes from that place. But I, I do want to ask you, Elena, because you are shifting a little, and we talk about shifting on this on this podcast a lot about not like putting all your eggs in one basket, people. Like, but really just having an open mind of seeing what you can do in this industry. You and and oranges, which I produce. Yay! And you killed it, yeah. And and Darkoya starting, yeah. So. Number one, baby. Yeah. <laughs> and um, which I definitely was like, I don't need to be number one on the call sheet. I, like in a regular studio project, I'm fine being like, just it's a lot of work. There. Put me in the it game, coach. Just put me somewhere in it. I don't need to. Yeah, be there. yeah but I want to. I want to talk about like the shift to directing, like the mentality of, like you said, like you, you're ready now and how you even came up with the idea of oranges. I mean, I kind of got an idea of why we're not gonna, we're gonna put all our business out there, but I definitely want to talk about your, your, how you and why you decided to make the ship now. So, like I said, about 2016, um, I, I just all of a sudden, I don't know, it like kind of came out of nowhere. I was like, I think I have I'm more of a voice. I think I have more to contribute. And um, and so I called, I called a friend of mine um, and he's a executive over at Warner Brothers and, I, and we went out for lunch and I was like, I think I might wanna try my hand at directing. And he was like, well, why don't you go talk to Phil, our mutual friend who is an EP and a director on Supernatural. And so I called Phil and I was like, can I take you for breakfast and pick your brain? And so we sat down and he was like, listen, the thing is, is you just have to do it. Like there's nobody, like, unless you're gifted an opportunity and a lot of people are, but most of us are not, you've really just got to make your own investment. And so he was like, if you'd like, you can come and shadow me. And I was like, I just felt so lucky. I was like, really? Like that, that's a, that was a big gesture in my opinion. And um, so I had to make it work. It was three solid weeks and I did the whole thing and he let me sit in on the edit and everything like that. And it was like it was like film school. I mean, it was like boot camp. And my first, like I said, my first realization was like, this is way too big of a job. I'm not ready for it. Um, I had little kids at the time. And my second instinct was like, okay, when I'm ready, I will be ready because I do know a lot. And I'm willing and open and ready to learn. And um, so it took me a few years. And then everybody kept on telling me, well, you just got to write. And I literally, girl, yo, I... I made a commitment to myself. 
on Monday mornings, if I didn't have anything going on after I dropped my kids off, I'd go sit at Starbucks with my laptop and I was gonna write. I was gonna be a writer. And I sat there like this. And I tried and I tried and I asked all my friends who write and they're like, it's a discipline, you've just gotta do it. And I'm like, and I just, nothing came out. So I went to a film festival a few years ago, a friend of mine, Osric Chow, um, he was premiering a film that he produced and starred in. And there was a little short that played right before. And it was so simple. It was a very simple, sweet story. It was called Nightcap. And it was about a couple coming home from a date and having a conversation. It was a really great little story, maybe eight minutes. One location, very simple lighting, two actors. And I was like, that's the movie I wanna make. Simple, easy, I can invest in it. And he was like, well, you just gotta write it. And I'm like, I can't, I've tried to write. So he put me in touch with this writer, Katrina. And her and I had one conversation. I said, this is the story I want. I knew what I wanted to tell. I just didn't know how to put it together. She turned around a draft for me in three or four days. And then we worked on the script. I was supposed to do it. I was going to do it for my 40th birthday, which was April 2020. Well, we all know March 2020, the world shut down. So I pushed it and pushed it and pushed it. I was going to shoot it actually the week after Supernatural wrapped their 15th season and everybody on that show was going to come and work for me. And I was pulling all these favors and it was just so beautiful. And this was such a beautiful experience. Like that saying, if you build it, they will come. I had something, I had something, I had something on paper. I had a plan. I had the money that I was going to do it with. And I made some calls and everybody was like, sure, let me show up for you. And it was just such an empowering feeling because I know I've done that for people. I've had no issue with it. So when people were like, okay, I was like, of course, yes, this is how we're going to do it. And then of course I couldn't even cross the border to get into Canada for the next year. And that's when I met you, Tish. And I was like, I want to do this little thing. And you were like, let's do it in New York. And that scared the shit out of me. Cause I was like, I don't have New York money. No, no, no. I have like little town money. And we made it work and you were amazing. And it was such a beautiful experience. And it's honestly the most humble, fulfilled, empowered. I felt so comfortable and confident in the whole process. I wasn't, str- it's, the, it's the best use of my money. Like I'm cheap. I got four kids. I'm like, yeah. we, don't, we don't need all of that. I was like, sure, okay, uh-huh. I had no, no problem spending the money. Um, it felt so, so empowering and great. We stayed on budget. We stayed on budget. And there was a few times that I was like willing to go over and you were like, nope, call me. And I called you and you know, you pulled favors and you made things work. And it, it was honestly the best experience I've, I've ever had. And I, I haven't, I haven't seen it yet. My editor's had it. She's, she's been, um, busy working on a show right now. So I'm like, oh, I'm dying to see it. But, um, I love it. I love it. I can't wait to do yeah, more of it. Um, I'm just, I'm just, it felt so right. It felt so comfortable. I felt really at ease. Yeah. And can we, I just want to put this out there guys that, that, you know, even though Elena is a working actress, she really decided to invest in herself. Sometimes we want others to invest in us and we look and we seek for answers other with, and in other places, but Sometimes, like a lot of the times when I do shorts is because the person is willing to invest in themselves. So I'm willing to invest my time and energy for it into you. And that's because I don't have to do the extra work. But what I do have and what we do have is resource, right? People think you have to have money, but if you have resources and you have people who like you, 
because you're, you treat them fair because they're working class people and they want to work with you and they want to have relationships with you, then you can get it done. And I don't think like, especially these young filmmakers, because they come from that world of being in school and they're like, you're the director, you should be like this or that. They have this mentality where they're going around and they're treating people like a certain way. I don't work with people like that. I literally tell them like, listen, if you can't talk to people, you let me do it because you're the director. You focus on the vision. You let me focus on the people. And that's how you build relationships. So I also want to yeah. put it put out there that, you know, you you have to invest in yourself and invest in the relationships that you meet and treat people decently. And you can get anything done because, Elena, there were times where I was like, how are we going to? you know what, I got that face, I, I know that person, you know what, so-and-so, like, yeah, you wanna know what, they might like, you know, it was kind of like one of those things where I was just like, because you treat people decently, like working people, then working class people, then they will come and they will help you as well. So, and there's a and lot of- And it's just amazing, it's just so amazing that it is such a collaborative element, um, uh, profession. And you, you see that, right? You see that all hands on deck, everybody was needed. Um, and and it just, it does, it just kind of spirals. I would love to really encourage people over the last couple of years, I've read a lot of biographies and I think it's helpful to read other people's stories. Um, Shonda Rhimes book, the year of, My Year of Yes is amazing. Yeah, um, she talks, she talks about the financial component too, where she's like, even if you think people are balling like this, like you just don't know. Um, Michelle Obama's book is one of my favorites. I just love her and I love her book. Amy Poehler, Rick Ross, Tina Fey. These are just some of the ones. And, and the same sentiments are like, even in their success, they weren't satisfied and were thinking people were trying to hold them back. People weren't trying to support them. And at the end of the day, we all struggle with those demons. And, you know, we've just got to really grow and focus on ourselves and recalibrate and commit to yourself, invest in yourself, invest in the people who are on your team who support you. Um, Cause look what happened with you, Tish, like Malik, you guys are gonna have Malik on, I think, right? Malik Yoba, who was in my movie. Um, you, you know, he tried to hire my whole crew. <laughs> like, <laughs> because he loved the day. Oh, for his short? Yeah. He was he like, hired hey, this person's crew? Number. He's like, give me this person's number, give me this person. I was like, why don't you call Tish or McKenna? Because they did all of that. And but same thing, he was like, dang, really? I was like, yeah. So, and then, you know, I know, anyway, it, it, it spirals and, and, um, and you know, he's got, he's got a really great story. So I know I want you guys to have him on. I know he's planning to come and talk to y'all because, you know, ask him to talk about like niche markets, like the Chitlin circuit, like the way that Tyler Perry came up, you know, it, it's really, a, it doesn't, again, it doesn't have to be this grand thing. He obviously had had a really grand career, but you look at these little niche markets. I know for me, I, I do a ton of genre television. Like I travel around the world and sign autographs and do appearances and meet fans from a handful of shows I do. That's another stream of A, income, B, connection to my fan base, C, support from people that genuinely, you know, su support and nourish me. And it's just, um, there's so there's such multifaceted aspects of this business producing those kinds of shows is a whole nother business um 
Yeah, and my, also, my, my phone's about to die and I don't know where a charger is and I gotta take my kids somewhere, but um, I got like a couple of minutes. I just wanna give you guys a heads up because I knew no we would worries. talk. No worries. So we're gonna come to the end of our podcast, but I do wanna add this and maybe we'll talk about this when we get to Malik as well, is that you do have people who absolutely just want, they love one genre and they will only do one genre. And you know, like if you get to understand what that looks like, even if it's in television or even if it's in film or whatever, I think it's one of those things where you'll, you'll get a better understanding of the type of relationships that you want to build as well because I love horror and I always meet people in horror because they go to all the festivals or whatever and not that's not the only thing that I do but I know that there's a niche market for it so I'm like all for it like all the time I'm like what we're gonna make a horror film great you know so I just want to put that out there to our viewers and I make a horror film with you yeah, would you? Yeah. I love. I make. I make a lot of horror films. Oh, I Absolutely. Didn't know I that. And, I, and I'm scared of horror films. So I'm like, wait. Yeah, what? I'm, me I'm too. That's why I want to make one. I'm, I think I'm on like my fourth, fourth or fifth one, something oh, like that. Terrifying. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, now I'll we have a whole other thing to talk about. I'll be, I'll be, I love. I love horror. It's so fun. Horror is fun. But anyways, guys, we're we're coming to the end of our podcast. Whoop, whoop. Um, we'll have to do I, it again. There's more to talk about. We have to, we have to do this again. We're coming to the end of our podcast, and we usually ask a question that I'm going to let Bessie ask. I don't know if she changed it since I've been, you know, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. No. Okay. okay. Why you want to see? You know, everybody, she, Tish is out here wild. She changed, our whole, she changed our whole, like, beginning. So from, no, from. I did not. No, wait, wait, wait. I didn't change it. When I do the press junkets, you aren't there, so I have to say just my name, and it's yeah. So don't do that to me. <laughs> it used to be. It used to be. Um, what was it? Um, be on your baby come up, and then it yeah, changed well, to be the best version of yourself. You changed that. Oh, I feel yeah. like I should mediate something here. Do you right, guys need therapy? But you, yeah, we do because you know this is a thing when you just show up for your friends and, you know, you support because they're out here hustling, you know, doing films with- <clears throat> All ships rise with the tide, that's why. You know, Elena, you're just here to support. And then this is what you get, Elena, you know what I'm saying? I just wanna be, you know, supported. You know, that's really it. Okay. Yeah. But all shit's rise with the tide. I'm out here working for Elena and Koya so that you guys can have the best possible that. experience in this and industry. She and she does. Yeah. She does it. She's saying I'm doing it for y'all. And the viewers, I'm out here doing it for y'all so I can tell you about this industry. I'm just saying. I'm out here for y'all. I'm out here. I'm out yeah, here. I'm doing it for y'all. I'm sacrificing for the you, viewers. You know, okay. 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 I'll, uh, time out all right i'm like yeah you know you flick your hair and sit there because now you see everybody she's an actress as well i hope you just saw all the theatrics so there you go <laughs> elena we know you got to take the kids aka my nieces and nephews to where they need to yeah. go so uh we always ask everybody what ignites your motivation and how do you stay consistent and persistent in following your dreams because this industry is a natural born hot mess how do you do it <laughs> I love that. Um, as as corny and basic as it sounds, I genuinely, my kids are my huge motivating factor. I always say that they are my biggest cheerleaders and my widest safety net. They're always so proud of me. They're always so supportive. 
Um, and at the end of the day, like there's so like we were just on vacation. We were in Las Vegas and I had an audition come through, which I, I hate when that happens because it, it stresses me out because I'm like, I'm on vacation. I booked out, you know, but then at the same time, I'm like, oh, it's such a good job and I'm grateful. And, and so they all like huddled in the hotel room really quiet and Hannah and I did it in the bathroom. Um, and they're like, it's okay, mom, let's just get your audition out of the way. So Charlie helps me read the lines and she gets me off book. And then Hannah helps me take and boy, make sure everything's okay. And, um, but other than that, honestly, like I am a certified life coach. I definitely believe in a spiritual practice. I believe in doing things like the artist way. Um, I have a program on Thinkific that I do. It's a, it's a 14 week life coaching program. And it's something that I personally do over and over and over. And it's just reassessing and goal setting. And, um, and, you know, uh, I like to, I like to do lists. I like to, you know, on Sundays, I love to put together my week. I love to put together my workouts. I love to, you know, plan at the, at the beginning of the month, I always ask my questions. They come up on my calendar. What books are you reading? Um, you know, book, book, a, a girl's night with some of your girlfriends. Um, I love to ride horses. So book your, your horseback riding lessons. Um, I think it's just honoring and getting a life, being a full, complete human being. And, um, and then, like I said, the work becomes less precious. It becomes more something that you're welcoming because it's a, it's a new challenge and it's a new element of play. Um, and it's a higher vibration. So, and how can things. how can our viewers how can our viewers if they want to take your your class or they want to reach out to you as a life coach how would they be able to do that? Um, it's all on my on my website Bambi Lane, which is all linked on my uh, Instagram and Twitter. It's in the it's in the information. Bambi Lane, guys. Yes, yes. I'm gonna take it. <laughs> you, you, hold on, you hear that, Bambi Lane? Bambi Lane. We're gonna talk about that. So, um, guys, guys, we love you. Um, we we appreciate you guys. You know, um, I put Bambi Lane at the bottom of the page. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> you can see it. It's B A M B I L A I N, like Lane, like Elena. Oh, okay. Okay. Guys, I think this is like our 45th episode. So, hey. yes, we thank you for being with us on the ride every Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern Man. Standard Time. Hold on, I have to, I have to correct this. L A I N, right? Yeah. Oh. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna make sure it scrolls because I get, I get really like picky about these things. Scroll. <laughs> there you go, Bambi Lane. You guys are amazing. Lane. Thank you for having me. I love you guys. Thank you, Thank you guys. And, and guys, just remember we, you know, you can see us, listen to us, whatever, every Thursday, 8 p.m., you know, Eastern Standard Time, 5 p.m. Uh, mm -mm. Is it 5 p.m.? 8? Yeah, 8, 5, and then now I know it's 7 p.m. Central Time, people. 7 p.m. I got you this time. I got y'all. So we love you guys. We'll see you uh, next Thursday. Bye. Thank you, Elena. We Bye. love you. Thank you. Bye.